0: Welcome to this week's episode of Extraordinary Entrepreneurs Together, the podcast for entrepreneurs interested in fast growth and funding, powered by EHE Capital. Welcome to Extraordinary Entrepreneurs Together. This week, Gary and Guy are discussing the importance of strategic partnerships and how they can help you grow your business and and, and your bottom line. And they've got loads of great examples on this. I'm going to hand you over to Guy, He's going to kickstart the
1: show today and, and the guys will go from there. Guy, over to you. Thanks, Georgia. Hi, Gary. How are you doing? All
0: right. Very good, thanks. Very good. We won't mention Man City.
1: Well, <laughs> I, well Porto. I'm I'm just waiting to find out how, how I get there now. And uh, Yes. Yeah. Well, that, well, well, that's ticket.
0: one thing, but also winning the Premiership again.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: That, might that, was on, that was on, uh, was it Tuesday
1: or Wednesday?
0: Anyway, yeah, United helps well. us out.
1: Good leader, good leader. I think he is. He is great, great leader. I'm sure there's. Um, we should do a, a podcast, you know, on um, some of the the great football managers and how the principles on how they manage a team actually apply to the entrepreneurial yes. world as well. I think they do. I think that's a good one. Um,
0: yeah, I've got quite a few Brian Clough stories <laughs> and a few others. Excellent, and a few others of how not
1: to. there's plenty of those. Yeah. Okay, you know, as Georgia introduced here, this is podcast on the importance of strategic partnerships. And I'm going to lead this because this is one I'm particularly passionate about. But I also know, having talked to Gary, that he's got some really good examples of this as well. Examples of partnerships that you can form when you're running your business. And, I, and when I say partnership, what I mean is a really close working relationship, more so than just the transactional-based arrangement that you have with maybe some suppliers or contractors or you know, other organizations. So, you know, partnerships can include suppliers, they can include contractors who are working on a, a day rate, they can also include associate companies. So, you know, companies that you have a mutual interest in, in working together because there is a, a benefit for both companies to do that. So for me, let's let's take suppliers first. So there's, there's kind of two types of suppliers. There's the transactional supplier. So, you know, I might go onto a company's website and buy this gadget. And, you know, that's a one-off transaction. And the gadget serves its purpose and it does its job. Fantastic. But that's it. It's a one-off transaction. There are other suppliers that I will work with on almost a, a daily basis, certainly a weekly basis. It was one of my strengths, actually, was forming proper long-term relationships with these types of suppliers to the point that they they really enjoyed working with us first first of all, first and foremost. We treated them right. We almost treated them as an employee. So we paid them on time and, you know, we'd speak to them on a regular basis. And if we're having issues, we'd have a chat with them. If they were having issues, we would help them try and sort those issues out whereas that doesn't happen in a transactional type arrangement with the supplier. So, you know, you build that relationship, you know, that relationship actually will probably not just serve you well for the few years that you're working with that company, but it could serve you well over working with a number of companies. There's quite a few companies I'm working with now that I've worked with across many companies now because the relationship is that strong. So there's real benefits from doing that. And the same rules apply really with contractors. You know, you know, most people will have contractors, um, but there's different reasons really. But one of the main reasons you have a contractor as opposed to an employee is that you can spike up and also, you know, reduce your headcount down very quickly without the normal process issues that you have uh, with employees. It allows you to grow quickly or contract quickly. And some contractors will just literally make up the numbers and they will be part of the, you know, the scaling up and scaling down kind of cycle that sometimes goes on in businesses. But there are, you know, you'll always come across good ones that you want to keep. They are as important, in my opinion, as a, as a good employee, as a great employee. We always used to treat those types of contractors. In fact, all our contractors are treated well, but we treat those in particular just like an employee. And, you know, they they'd come in, share the office, they would share all the facilities, they would have the same types of benefits and that kind of thing. And it became a really proper long-term relationship with those people as much as the, I think it's AR35 would allow. And then we've got finally associate companies. So associate company could be a supplier, but they're, they're, they're quite often companies that are actually playing in the same park as you are. So, you know, you might be addressing the same market, but with different services so you, you don't cross over each other, but you could promote each of the services and there is a real genuinely mutual benefit, benefit for, for, for doing so. And actually, most of the time, in fact, all of the time, one of the, one of the things I insisted was that if we referred companies to other companies, or if we found them business from from some of our clients, that there was never a referral fee involved. And there's a few reasons for that, not least because. You know, I always wanted to be neutral. I wanted to refer people for the right reasons, not for monetary reasons. So it was kind of a personal rule of mine that we didn't take referral fees for making introductions. We did it purely on the fact that we like those people and that company and we feel that they would do a good job for, for, for that person. So, Gary, I mean, I don't know, you know, whether you've got anything to add to that or whether you've got examples you want to give on that.
0: Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. I think strategic partnerships are critical for... Your own and your company's success and like you i've probably built i've I'd, I'd probably got 20 or 30 other companies that i've worked with for over 20 years because you trust them and i think the starting point i was just thinking as you were talking that i'd actually go back to the basics so a strategic partner i think you know payment terms as you've highlighted are critical but if you do what you say you're going to do you know and that works both ways and also say, you know, please and thank you. It's always nice if someone's done a good job to say, hey, thanks, that was great, you know, let me take you out for dinner or just something like that. that as you've also mentioned, that personal sort of contact and communications. And probably the most important, because always you can imagine if you've got another company you worked with for 20 years, things go wrong. And if they do go wrong, you know, meet them face-to-face, pick up the telephone, don't do it by email. And sort it out. And I think those basics work both ways from from the company's point of view and your your strategic partner. And what happens is once you get over those basics, you can get into a really detailed, fruitful relationship both sides. And I think I've I've certainly done that. My other point to, to raise, I think, is it's all about people. So those relationships really are born by individuals. And I've actually spent a lot of time moving companies when an individual moves i've done that quite a lot in fact hitching a wakeford uh, john wakeford uh, i've done that with him when he moved from whitehead man to start his own company i supported him i think he said on the podcast i was his first client i also when we set up a company called forest holidays one of the critical success factors of that was planning and so we needed a really good planner so i hunted around the midlands and i interviewed about ten. I wanted to take my time on this and I ended up with a guy called Adrian Byrne uh, and he was working for somebody else and I took him out of that job and set him up on his own. I say I he did it all himself, but on the back of our contract and he stayed with us for over a decade and delivered fantastically on planning because it was so important and uh, I, I'm still in contact with him now and still use him. So I
1: think people is, is the key You going a 100% agree, Gary. It, it, it's it's never about the company, but it's always about the person or the people behind the company. If you've got a really good CEO of a company and you've got the relationship with the CEO, actually, you probably stick around with that company uh, all, all the while while they're CEO. If you've got an employee of the company that you, uh, as you kind of mentioned before, where that employee leaves to offer the same service but with another company. You'll probably actually move companies then at that point. Uh, and yeah. that goes to the point that it's always always about the people involved. Business is about relationships, full stop. Uh, they are. It's, it's, abs- it's absolutely critical, good and bad, actually. Good and bad. I've actually seen people leave a
0: company, and I've stayed with a company for a little while, but that magic has gone as that person leaves. You know, They might have sold or whatever. And it just is never the same. So you end up looking looking elsewhere but i think that that my success uh, and i'm sure yours those strategic partnerships have been a big part of it no question yeah and it can absolutely. be it can be legal you know solicitors accountants tax accountants personal business you know hr it, it can be a whole range of business services that you you stick with people you trust i think
1: yeah and i think there there, there there sometimes there are fringe benefits with that as well so I'm going to give you a quick example. It's somebody that uh, I think we probably all know, actually, uh, because he's been on a podcast earlier, uh, John Davidge, who works for, um, who's a partner and one of the founders of Burnham's. And they are a mid-sized law firm um, primarily based in Manchester and Liverpool, kind of offer, I think, a full range of the standard legal services. You know, we built a relationship with John when he was introduced to me by a non-exec director of mine back in uh, when I was running uh, Cake Solutions. You know, John was a big part of the the acquisition process of the company. Formed a great relationship over that period, and you know, I'm involved in a number of companies now. And you know, I have no hesitation in in um, recommending John when there are opportunities that I think his company could could help with. So the relationships with John, but he's also got a great team, and whoever he brings in, I know he's going to do a decent job for the um, for the for the for the person I'm recommending his firm to, if you like. But equally, on the other side of things, John is a really good networker, and he knows loads of people, uh, particularly in the sort of the northwestern Manchester area. And, you know, we we were looking for a a particular type of lawyer, and I can't quite remember the situation, Gary, but he straight away knew somebody, referred us to them, and they were very helpful. You know, they got a little bit of business out of us. So I think, you know, not only... Do they do, you know, when you build these types of relationships, people do a good job for you and probably a better job than they would do if it was just a standard transactional relationship. But I also think there are these fringe benefits where they start recommending people into your business and you can actually start to make money out of it as well.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's really valid, really valid. Because, you know, once you've built that trust and uh, and support with somebody, you can... You know, and you'll do the same. If you've got a bit of a challenge and you think they may know, you just pick up the phone and they'll give it to you free of charge, it saves you so much time. And when what I find is that when they recommended somebody, they tend to behave similar to them. So they've got the good values already. You yes. almost buy that from that contact. And I think that just shortcuts so much crap that you just, they, they look and behave like these people and have the similar values. Therefore, you're jumping all the, the issues you go straight to the answer and that is you know when you're building companies it's so helpful so
1: helpful and and that doesn't just apply to kind of associate companies or suppliers it applies to either employees and contractors as well you know it's how how much easier is it when somebody says instead of having to go for a headhunter or a recruiter i know somebody that might be interested in working with you on that role and as it happens they're free at the moment or that we, I know they're not particularly happy in the role they're at. It might be worth you having a conversation with them, and for all the reasons you've just mentioned there, Gary, uh, not least as well that you don't have to pay a recruiter or a headhunter, um, which you know can be expensive as we're only painfully too aware. You know, having someone that comes recommended ticks a lot of the boxes straight away, and the interviews tend to be a little bit shorter and a, a little bit more informed, I think as well. Yeah,
0: and I think you know one of our strengths is. You know, having been entrepreneurial for twenty odd years, is that entrepreneurs joining EHE or or looking for funding? Is they get they get all that contacts and experience and that we have that we've built up and filtered? Really, you know, if you think about all the contacts we've both got, and John Berman's a great example, Berman's and John Davidge. But you know, how how long is it? You know, it's taken quite a long time to get there, hasn't it? You know, when I say I took that planner. I interviewed 10, maybe 15 planners to get to him, and he's delivered. So in other words, I've done all the filtering. So if somebody said, look, I'm planning, I've got a critical issue to make sure I get planning. Well, it's a click of our fingers, isn't it? He's straight in, you know, the the, the, the entrepreneurial company or, or the CEO or whoever it is in the management team, they're straight into a, a trusted person. Not only have they been filtered by us, they also will probably...
1: Debt is not the right word, but they won't want to let us down. 100% agree. And the other thing I'd like to mention as well, actually, is that things have come on a long way, Gary. So I'm going to show our age a little bit here. You know, I started business with the Rolodex. And, yes, and you mean. get a business card and you stick it in your Rolodex. And yes. that's, that was that was your, like your PDA almost, you know, and and how far things have come now when you've got, Amazing tools like LinkedIn, where when you meet people, and I always control LinkedIn. Actually, I get multiple connection requests a day, but I'm very specific about the ones that I if yeah, I don't so, think yeah. they're going to be any use in the future or they're not applicable to me. And they might be very nice people, it might be really good at what they do, but at the, you know, at that point, that I, I, I say no. Um, but what that means is then that my connections are manageable on, on my LinkedIn platform, and I probably. On there, got somebody to fulfil most things I will ever need. That I can pick up the phone to and 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 speak to them. So there there are tools out there now which are far more efficient than the old Rolodexes uh, that allow you to uh, keep in touch with people on the regular basis. And you know you know LinkedIn is one of those things that you can you can spend. You just click on one thing because you've got an email from them, and then you find yourself scrolling through reading about what everybody's up to. Yes. Now, although that can consume quite a bit of time. It's all, also incredibly useful, I think, because it keeps you in touch with what people are doing. You know, we, we've just launched EHE on, on, on LinkedIn, didn't we? And the response I've had for that has been absolutely phenomenal from people, just basic congratulations and to other people saying, actually, I've got an opportunity. And it's been well, amazing.
0: It, interestingly for me, um, I, I travelled Australia for a couple of years doing working various roles, if you like, but reconnecting with one of those. You know, great guy, fantastic, you know, very successful. And hopefully I'm hoping to travel to Australia next year and I'll meet up again. But it's because, you know, he's seen, as you say, he's seen what we're doing, made contact, and it's an easier communication tool, isn't it, online?
1: Yeah, it is. It is. Good. Okay, so I think we're probably coming to the end of the podcast. Is there anything else you'd like to, to add?
0: No, I'd just reiterate people, build relationships with people, good, strong
1: relationships and it will it'll prove dividends for you and for them business is all about relationships so i couldn't agree more absolutely 100 percent. great way to uh, end the podcast thank you very much thank you
0: thank you both so we'll be back next week thank you for listening to this episode of extraordinary entrepreneurs together visit the ehe capital website ehe.capital for further insights and to join the ehe community